0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. We are doing the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, we had done in chapter 6, we had completed till verse 24. Now we were talking about the yogi and the path of yoga. So we are continuing from verse 25 onwards. Now this is a combination of two. One is a path of knowledge and the second one is a path of work base which is karma yoga. So both these combined together how a person goes through his own life we have to see. Now what we were discussing last time was the way in which a yogi is supposed to be. So now let us carry on from there. So we are doing the Bhagavad Gita chapter 6 verse 25. He should through gradual practice attain tranquility and fixing the mind on God through reason controlled by steadfastness. He should not think of anything else. Now When we talk of yoga, a person may assume that yoga is a very minor activity. I join some classes and I perform some yogic feats, actions, I do pranayama, I do all kinds of things and I attain what is called as yogic bliss. That is not the case. Yoga is a gradual practice of attaining the divine. It has nothing to do with activity or knowledge base. Did you get the point? Knowledge, think about it like this. If you have the knowledge, what is it that will gain you when you take up a job? Just the facilitation of getting inside some company or getting a job. Right? Beyond that, what is the use of that knowledge? That knowledge has significance only till you are studying. Once you want to enter some organization, once you want to do business or once you want to get married you want to settle down in your life? You want to take up some farming or any kind of activity? Think about it what is this BTech, MTech, or BCOM, MCOM, or BSc, MSc? All these degrees have zero value. Think about it. Today we are facing the pandemic. People are making breakfast and selling it in the marketplace. They are saying that my wife cooks nicely, so I will take my van and I will sell that stuff in the middle of the road. This is what happens. So now tell me what is the point of that great degree that a person has got? You will find that that degree only got him a job, that job is not even paying for his food today. Summarize your entire life. Suppose you started at the age of three, three and a half or four doing your studies A, B, C, D onwards till the great degree that you have got. You are a PhD or maybe an MTech or something like that. Some fancy degree you have got. Now Put that all that knowledge together and now f- try to find out what is the use of all that you have studied in your job today. You will understand that this entire studies that you might have done are of absolutely no significance to you. It is worthless. So, the reason why this kind of studies make no value, give doesn't give a single pesa value to any person because turn this way. Because this education, if you even, you know, make it concentrated to a point. The 20 years of education that you might have done. Concentrate it to a point and ask yourself, how much are you using it when you are doing your stupid job? Zero. are doing a job of selling masala dosas and you have a B-tech and an M-tech. What is the point in doing all that? Assume that. So, knowledge on one side. Second one is the karma. You are involved in activity and that activity is so rigorous. In the beginning you were studying later on You started working somewhere and when you were working, you were taking care of your family, maybe your parents in the beginning and later on your wife, your children, the rest of them. You made a house, you had children, so many things you did as a grahastha. Again concentrate that in one small point and ask yourself, does this take me towards spiritual? The answer is zero. No no knowledge and no work that you have done in your entire life. Life Lifetimes can take you on the path of spiritual. So, for a yogi, what is it that he, he has got to do? He is supposed to do what is called as a gradual practice. A slow and a steady practice, not Not the kind of fast forward that people do. Okay, get a certificate in 15 days from, uh, you know, Haridwar Rishikesh or, uh, you know, they go to Kerala or they go to Mysore and Pune and they get in six months, okay, I am a yoga teacher. That is absolute nonsense. Yoga means union with God. Yoga doesn't mean activity. Yoga doesn't mean doing gymnastics. You should understand that. Even monkeys do gymnastics. Monkeys can do a headstand also. And that will never give them God. Here Krishna is saying very clearly he should through gradual practice attain tranquility. Now what is this tranquility we are talking about? Tranquility is no mind status. That means after you perform whatever action that you are doing in the material world Are you agitated? Suppose you are working today at home and you are putting in 8 hours in front of Zoom calls and all those kind of things. And now at the end of the day, you total it out and ask yourself, are you happy? The answer is no. Very simply, the answer is no. For what reason are you doing it? At the end of the month, you are still thinking, will the company pay me or not? Or will they give some reason that pandemic is there, so no payment to be done? So this is the one thing you are worried about. So in the spiritual world, Krishna says that the activity which you are doing, activity which you are doing, which is connected to the yogic activity, which means that which takes you to no mind status. So there has to be something. Which you do. So today in the morning when I was doing a satsang, I was telling that person very clearly. I said, can you sit in one room and focus and defocus. Don't bother about anything. No noise from outside. Nobody is coming. Nobody is going. Just sit in one place. Can you be like that? Without even blinking your eyes. Suppose you are keeping your eyes open. Can you just focus on to one object like a trataka and you just put that Candle in front of you. And just focus on the flame. Can you do that? Till the flame dies down. You bring a candle which will be (laughs) running for 10 hours. You know, don't bring a candle which is so small. Otherwise, it's no use. Can you do that? Concentration, focus is not there. Person will blink his eye. Rub his eyes. He's trying to adjust his seat out. And then he's saying, oh, I didn't get a glass of water. I should get that. You can't do that. In Vipassana meditation, they teach you this kind of a thing. Okay. But Vipassana meditation can never take you to God because that is leading towards no God status. Again, I please understand Vipassana is a Buddhist technique. Buddha says, I want to be nothing. So in his world, it is about nothingness. In our world, Krishna says we have to reach somewhere. Somewhere means the God. Okay, So he says he should not think of anything else. So you have to come to a point in this particular place wherever you are sitting or doing whatever that you wish to or even standing for that matter. You have to achieve a state of no mind. There should be no clutter in the mind. But it doesn't happen on day one. Everything around you is maya. Maya is like, you know, there's a vacuum. Air is always trying to go inside the vacuum, isn't it? So even if you try to get your mind to no no mind status, thoughts will keep on sneaking in from somewhere. They will try to. And that is the reason why practice is a must. So he says through gradual practice attain tranquility. Tranquility means no flickering, no flickering of the mind, nowhere to go. Just sit over there. You see if you have been to some of these places where you have seen as in Buddha is seen lying down like this. We have even Mahavishnu doing that. So Mahavishnu is also doing the same thing Padmanabh Swami they call him. Now Mahavishnu is lying over there in what is called as a yoga nidra. It is not sleep. It is not sleep. It is a dynamic form of meditation which is a passive one. Now when I say dynamic means you have to make efforts. Gradual practice. People think that, you know, once, once they attend these yoga classes, what they do is they say, go in Shavasana. And you will find most of these people are lying like this and snoring away. I mean, I have seen people literally snore. Next to me, I had a lot of people and they were snoring away. I said this is not called Shavasana. This is lazy asana, you know. You are a lazy fellow, you are just tamasic to the core. The part which we say as a dynamic method means if you think about what is a yogi doing. Yogi's eyes may be closed, you know, he may be just sitting like this. But he's not asleep. Sleep is equal to tamas. He is aware. Though his eyes are closed... Though all his senses, sense organs are shut down literally. They are not functioning at all literally. But if somebody comes in front of him, he is able to know. Knowledge. That state of nidra basically is a highly knowledgeable state. It is not a zero state of, uh, okay, I don't want to do anything. I just feel lazy. No. It's a fully knowledgeable state, imagine fulfilled up to the brim with knowledge and yet there is not much of an activity there. So this is the state which you have to attain and that is called the state of tranquility. Then. Fixing the mind on God through reason controlled by steadfastness. Now when he says fixing the mind on God you should know that here the God is capital G. It is not small g. All gods that you know by name It is Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, Lakshmi, Parvati, Saraswati. All these are called demigods. They are not gods at all. They are demigods. He is not talking about fixing your mind on these gods. If he were to say fix your mind on God, it is not G-O-D-S, it is capital G-O-D. Which means the supreme divine being, the consciousness that we are talking about, the ultimate beyond, the first divine unmanifest. is called the second divine unmanifest. One who dwells in the second divine unmanifest. As Krishna says, I am that person who dwells in the second divine unmanifest. But because you are a human being, you do not have the idea of concentration on this person. And that is the reason why he take, he has taken a form, which is what we call as Sri Krishna. So here he says, on me, doesn't matter. So fixing the mind on God through reason controlled by steadfastness. Again, he is using a couple of words. Reason. Controlled by steadfastness. Steadfastness is what I told you just now. Zero on to that subject matter. Nothing else should enter. A very beautiful story is there in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Gathas where one day one of his devotees was sitting in Vrindavan and in Vrindavan now Vrindavan was a completely it was literally like a desert there was nothing over there it is only after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went over there with his disciples that that place started gaining a little bit of significance. So, Advaita Goswami was there and when he was sitting over there, he was praying to Radha and Krishna. He wanted to meet Radha. Remember an avatar of the eight Sakhis. There were eight Sakhis in all, total. Lalita and Vishaka, principal avatars of them. So being one of those avatars, he wanted, Now it's a he in that particular life. So he wanted to meet Radharani and he was able to meet her because of the steadfastness. Now it so happens that one of her, we we wear those pendants we say, the one which uh, women wear in India, Hmm? Anklets. anklets. So while she is meeting him, one of the anklets is left behind over there. And then she meets him and she goes away. Remember she is her principal sakhi. She was always favoring Radharani. Alright? But now it's a he. So there is a difference there. So always favoring Radharani, not favoring Krishna at all. These two, Lalita and Vishaka, were totally against Krishna. They were her principal gopis. And the anklet was left behind over there. So she sends the other one, go get my anklet from there. Goswamiji is refusing to give it. I am not going to give it. Till I actually see her. Remember, he was seeing her previously in his dhyana. And now he says, I want to meet her. That is the state. So this kind of a meditation, a meditation which culminates into actual meeting, is so very important. Krishna doesn't say over here that you just got to meditate for the heck of it. No! You are doing it with so much intensity and so much of love and devotion that you have to meet the divine. If you do not meet the divine, what is the point of this whole activity? It is worthless. You see, everybody wants to meditate. Nowadays, everybody says, you know, oh, I was meditating. And then they say, 45 minutes, you know, I meditated. You can't say 45 minutes you are meditating. If you are meditating, you are not even supposed to know you are meditating. And if you are not even supposed to say, oh, now I am going to have a cup of tea. I mean, you can't say these words. Meditation doesn't mean that you have to know you are meditating. Meditation is absolutely... On its own, it's literally like autopilot. You go on that. It's like our Tesla car, you know. (laughs) Somebody is driving it. Autonomous vehicle. We don't know who is driving. Your job is only to sit in the back seat or maybe in the next row And just enjoy the ride. We are not supposed to bother who is driving it. So meditation has to be like that. You can reach your destination. But when when you meet the divine that is the destination. That is why he says fixing the mind on God through reason controlled by steadfastness. And he should not think of anything else. The idea is nothing else should come in your mind. You see, people when they meditate, they will say, Oh, I was thinking of Mahavishnu. Okay. I am I'm there in uh, Thiruvananthapuram and yeah, such a beautiful, you know, that avatar of his lying over there. You can see those beautiful lamps lit You have gone there to see the lamps or you have gone there to see him? People go to temple because you know that Panditji will come with that thali and say Naam Gotra, this, that and all those things and he is doing the puja inside and after that you are worried where is my, you know that thali which was there you know he took all my nariyals and everything inside. I should get mine only. Otherwise he will go and give it to somebody else. Hey, you have gone to the temple for that. Otherwise you are thinking of your slippers outside. My chappals, somebody will take them. You don't go to a temple because of that. Again, people who visit Balaji temple, okay, in Tirupati, they are bothered about pushing each other like this, like this, like this. They are going inside. And in that 30 seconds or 20 seconds or 10 seconds of darshan, they are fighting with that police fellow or somebody over there. Hey, give me aside. Push aside. Push aside. Are you are pushing somebody aside. But you are not taking the darshan. Yesterday, satsang Rajma was talking about how when we went to Sri Rangam, how the beautiful morning ceremony was happening. You know, there was this guy playing the Mridangam. He's doing all that and he's looking at us. Shh! Don't make noise. Shh! Don't make noise. And instead of playing that instrument, he's bothered about the children and the people around him. Sir, you focus, focus, focus there. Lord is sleeping. You are waking him up in the morning. Okay. Wake him up properly. Why are you bothered? Somebody is disturbing you. So when you go to the temple, don't bother about your thailis or your chappals or (laughs) who is pushing you. Just focus on the Lord. That is what he says. He should think of nothing else. Only me. That is the point. And that is the funny part. Nobody wants to focus on him. Everybody is focused on something else. Or otherwise, when you go to Sai Baba Temple. In Sai Baba Temple, first and foremost, you will buy one big har from outside. You will argue away to glory with that fellow. He will say, Madam, 250 rupees. He say, I, ca- I paid 100 rupees to you last week. <laughs> and there is a big argument. Finally, you agree on 200 because the rates are high. And then you go inside uh, the Panditji is there. That okay, and he's he's, he's coming. coming towards all these people except you, and you're bothered that he's not coming towards me. Shh, 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 come, come, come. Yeah. I mean, you're literally pushing your thali in front of him. After he takes your hair and everything, you're looking at Baba's face over there, Sai Baba's face, and you're saying to him, Baba, my final exam is there. <laughs> Please take care of my final exam. Okay, somebody is saying, you know, how many girls I have seen, you know, not one is good. <laughs> Send me somebody who is good. Or somebody else will go and say, I want to be good, you know, I just want to be feeling well. I am feeling so miserable now. People have gone with a begging ball by giving that 200 rupees her. You don't even bother to ask Baba over there, Baba, how are you? How are you this evening? Are you fine? Everything going on well in Shirdi? Nobody is caring about Baba. You are caring about what I want, what I want, what I want and what I want. I mean, this is all that you do. Who cares for Baba? Who cares for Krishna? Who cares for Shiva? Nobody cares. You are bothered about that girl sitting next to you. Oh, nice. girl. Okay. What are you doing? Sir, you bother about the God over there, not about that beautiful woman sitting next to you. She will go away. She has asked for some, some dude, you know, some husband of hers or some, somebody like that. This is what he says. Don't bother yourself. Okay? So now we will go to the next verse. So we are doing Shri Mad Bhagavad Gita chapter 6 now verse 26 onwards. Drawing back the restless and fidgety mind from all these objects after which it runs, he should repeatedly fix it on God. I think I gave you all 10 minutes on this only so (laughs) drawing back the restless and fidgety mind the mind is so restless and fidgety it is next to impossible to even focus on anything but if it was a competitive examination i can tell you this much Those who are appearing for IIMs, IITs or all these competitive examinations. These dudes who sit for the examinations or they are attending all those classes. I'm sure you have seen the, you know, super 30 and all that. They are attending the classes. They are solving the problems As if that's the only thing in the world to do. And they say, oh, they are looking at the time. Okay, 60 minutes, I have to answer 120 questions. 30 seconds, a question. I have to do that. They are bothered about getting that 100 on 100 marks, okay? They are not bothered about any other thing. So how is it that you are concentrating there? How is it that you can concentrate on that? And yet to concentrate on God, it is difficult. I mean, you have concentrated in your life Imagine you have to reach the airport. Somebody is coming. And you know if you reach late, your wife is going to give you a peace of mind. Where were you? And she will the first thing she will say, oh girlfriend. Ke piche hai, kya tu? Hey, I'm not, I don't have a girlfriend. But still, where were you? And you know you are you're already thinking of all the you know exact things that you can tell her. Traffic was too much, you know. In the middle, they had that new new thing they have put up over there. It, it was not scanning properly. The thing was not opening. Sir, it took only one minute over there. If you take more than one minute, all the cars behind are going to give you a peace of mind. You know that. No? But that a wife is ready to accept all that statement, you know. It took 10 minutes over there. Okay, you are ready with your reasoning. But you know how desperate you are to reach in time. So, your focus is mm, like that. You are literally at the edge of your seat. Why? Because there is somebody with a cane sitting over there. You know, your headmistress or principal. And you are afraid of that. But there you could concentrate. You could concentrate on the road. You can concentrate on your girlfriends. You can concentrate on, you know, even the movie hall. You just literally, now the tenant is coming very soon, Your, your mouth will be open and you will be thinking, my God, look at that scene. Avengers. Avengers is nothing, it's all fake, but still, ah, oh, my God, look at the end of the world is happening. You can quote verses, names, places. It is amazing. Concentration. Of course, you have the concentration, the power to zero and focus you have. In a theater, you sit alone in a black room, you know, dark room, and you are completely focused on that. Yes, sometimes you will eat the popcorn in the middle. Why? Because it's a tense scene. (gasps) Ah, Like that. But otherwise, what are you doing? Are you not focusing? So this is what he is saying. Drawing back, the restless and the fidgety mind from all these other objects. You were able to draw your mind from all other objects. Now, when you are in a path of yoga, draw your mind from every other thing around you. Alright? Which means, zero on to me only. Focus on me. Bring your mind. Do not allow it to clutter anywhere. When you come back to me, fidgety mind. He says, fidgety mind means you, you keep on fidgeting most of the time. You see, you have seen children. Hmm? Children are very fidgety. Mind worse than their child. You sit in one place and you are, just imagine, uh, I tell my disciples, I said, you go sit on some mountain top or sit near the seashore or sit somewhere you know in a park. But don't look at all those mothers coming with all the children and all that. You sit in one corner somewhere, okay? Otherwise, you know, Lal Bhak Jakaya or Dusara Kuchnikare. So (laughs) the point is sit in one place where nobody is going to disturb you. Look at the nature. Look at the sea. If you are sitting near the seashore, look at the sea. The waves coming in and going inwards. We are coming in and going inwards. Look at that. Look at the sunset when you are sitting on a mountaintop. That can put you in a state of meditation. You, you will know this. This is how meditation can be done. Remember I was telling you about looking at that candle flame. Exactly like that. You, when you look at one object, you can actually... Actually, go in meditative state. Meditation is nothing but becoming one with that object, whatever the object may be. Now, here he says, "Me, I am the object. I am Krishna. I am the object. Focus on me." So, when you focus on me, nothing else matters. You're just there, and he should repeatedly fix it on God. Now, when he says God, he's talking about again the capital G. Let us not mix it up with all these other gods. The understanding should be, if I go to Brahmaji, Brahmaji can only do production department. Okay, nothing beyond that. If I go to Vishnu, he is only talking about sustainability. If I go to Shiva, he is only thinking of destruction. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, these are the three gunas these people are in. Vishnu can't do Shiva's job, Shiva can't do Brahma's job, Brahma can't do Shiva's job. None of these gods can do the other person's job. So Saraswati can't do Lakshmi's job, Lakshmi can't do Parvati's job. So none of these gods have full power. They have limited powers. So that is the reason why we have to see above them. What is above them? The Almighty God, Father in heaven, as Jesus would say, Father in heaven. Okay. Others people will say Allah. any, Whatever you want to call him. In Nisargadat Maharaj's book he calls it that. That chalega. Something. In our books we call him Krishna. Okay Krishna. So just focus on that one G-O-D. That is what he says. So we go to the next verse. Chapter 6 Bhagavad Gita verse 27. For to the yogi whose mind is perfectly serene Who is sinless, whose passion is subdued and who is identified with Brahma, the embodiment of truth, knowledge and bliss, supreme happiness comes as a matter of course. Now, I will start from the end. Ananda. Now, let us start with Ananda first. Ananda doesn't mean happiness at all. It is just a way of putting it. It's a word. It is called blissful state. Blissful state means no moving left or right. Centered. You are having equanimity. You don't get exhilarated when something nice happens. You don't feel happy. Ah, such a good thing, you know. We got a baby boy. Wow! Or somebody is dead. My grandmother, she died. So you get upset on this side and you feel happy on this side. Nothing should disturb you. The state of blissfulness is a non-moving state. You are centered. You are right in the big middle. A blissful state. A yogi's blissful state is exactly like that. If you recollect a yogi on whose neck Parikshit went and put one snake. He was not disturbed at all. His son was disturbed. Okay. In Tripura Rasyam, the yogi was sitting for 10,000 years doing nothing. And the king comes over there and disturbs him. But he is not disturbed. He is just sitting over there. His son comes and says, hey, don't disturb my father, okay. So his son is there. He is disturbed. Why? Because somebody is disturbing his father. When I went to Sri Rangam, I was going outside. His colleague calling out to me. Okay. You came all the way. You are not even visiting me. Come and meet me. He is in a state of Samadhi for 800 years. 800 years Ramanuja is in meditation for 800 years. He's just sitting there. By the way, you can go and look at his eyes also. They will flicker sometimes, you know. So yeah, of course, when we went, (laughs) they were able to see the the fingers moving and the eyes moving. Why? Because he wanted me to come and visit him. We had left that compound and we were going out. And he's telling me, you visited the whole temple. You couldn't come and visit me? So I had to go and visit him. Because these guys, they always think, you know, that if there is something left behind, I have to go and do it. Same thing with even uh, Jnaneshwar and Tukaram Mavli. Same thing. If I would not have gone on that Chautara upstairs and visited those guys, they would have later on asked me, You came all the way over there. You couldn't come and see us or what? I said, okay, fine boss. I will come and see you all. So these two guys are talking to each other. They are, by the way, from different centuries. Okay. And they were sitting and they were chatting away. Chatting means arguing on very difficult matters. I didn't understand. Okay. Because they were talking in Prakrit. For me, everything goes bouncer. So I was looking at them and they were jolly well discussing. Like that. But imagine if I would not have climbed that place and if I would not have seen them and gone away, later on they would have given me a peace of mind. You are coming all the way to Dehu Arandi and you don't want to come and see us? So that is the reason why I have to visit these guys. Okay, most of the time. So coming back to this. So here he says, the happiness is a blissful state. So Sat Chit ananda is a blissful state. Now the Sat. What is the truth? The truth as it is explained in this book and no Dhav Gita which I am doing Saturday, Sundays. What is it that Krishna says? The Sat is you are not the body. You are not the mind. You are not the senses. You are not the sense organs. You are none of these gunas. No gunas. You are not even chitta. Okay. You are none of those things. You are that Atma. Again, it doesn't mean that I am separate Atma and you are separate Atma. No, I am one Atma only. So I am that Atma, that is it. So the sat is that. It is called discriminatory knowledge. What is discrimination? Knowing the real from the unreal. What is real? God is real, rest everything is unreal. I was doing another scripture where it is mentioned very clearly. Sri Krishna says that everything that I spoke of just now the senses, the mind, the body, okay, intellect, alright, even that happy body which we call as Anam kosha, causal body, all the G-O-D-S, small G-O-D-S, everything, All this, all the gunas, this universe by itself, including Prakriti, including Prakriti, are nothing but Maya. They are all unreal. So now you have got an idea what is real. Only God is real, Brahma is real rest, everything is unreal. So don't bother your head about the rest of the things. They are all maya's creation. And because it is maya's creation, so the truth is that. It's called the highest truth. Knowledge. All other knowledge. Jnana. Throw it out. Jnana is to be thrown out with the thorn of Vijnana. Okay? When you are stuck with Jnana, the thorn is there in your leg take another thorn which is called Vidyana. remove that thorn of jnana and then take both the thorns and chuck them away. Because jnana and Vidyana do not matter. Once you have reached the ultimate status, both these are useless. So knowledge of the manifest which is Vidyana. Now this is, this is a confusion which people have. They think that jnana is the knowledge of the unmanifest. Correct? Which unmanifest? First divine unmanifest. Which is what we call as the Brahma. And Vijnana is the knowledge of the manifest. Manifest, second divine unmanifest. Where I am the person. Just knowing that Krishna stays in the second divine unmanifest is enough. But you remove that knowledge and Check it away. Why? Because that is knowledge. Knowledge which is beyond all that. Which is a comprising of everything. That means all the books put together. You are not going to carry them in some recesses of your mind, you know. Oh, my library is over here. I have got, you know, 10 petabytes of this data in my head. Come on, that is nothing like that. There is no data, beta and all that. You know my condition zero body no knowledge absolutely no knowledge and then one day open my eyes it's like i'm connected to the internet like uh, internet <laughs> anything you want downloadable it's only an interface you know this is an interface you can just do tuk 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 interface what do you want to know tuk 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 somebody will say guruji what is tantra Okay, tick, 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 tick. Okay, tantra will keep on coming. Like that. It's like a bubble, you know. It's a bubble in the ocean. Who cares? There is nothing in this body. Zero knowledge. That is what is the condition. No knowledge. No jnana and no vijnana. That is why he says, Sat, Chit, Ananda. Truth, I have explained. Knowledge. Beyond all these knowledges. Ananda. It's a blissful state. What do you require for the blissful state? Nothing. Because what can you give some, somebody who has everything? I mean, just imagine I have to now go and meet the person in the White House. What am I going to go and give him? One peacock? I mean, just imagine Narendra Modi is going to meet Donald Trump. What is he going to give? Huh? Ram Smith? One tablet? And beyond that what he will give so it's like that if i have to meet some big man like i mean just imagine tomorrow krishna comes and sees me <laughs> krishna will say liye kya la ya? so if i bring him some big garland and stuff like that he will not even look at my garland remember the story of satyabama ah huh? she gave so many gold jewelry these that to <laughs> he was least bothered about it and then, Rukmini says, "Kuch mat dena, do leaf de dena." And Krishna is happy. That thing goes down. That Tulbarana, no, it goes down like this. Why? Because he is not bothered about what you give him so much, such a big thing. Just give your love, love in the form of a tulsi leaf. That is all he says. So that is the reason why, if you can do that nothing like it so now we go slightly upwards for to the yogi mind is perfectly serene we did the serene part who is sinless now the sinless part is very very important to me the word sin doesn't actually exist in Sanabdandharma. okay we say pap in uh, in hindi and all that but pap actually is not there there is nothing called pap in pap and punya and all that that is only for People to have that, you know, book, you know on top of their head, they go to pakya, punya ho?" and all that, that kind of nonsense. Everything is termed as karma. So if I am looking at karma as sin, S-I-N, sin means what? Sin means if I do some sin, I have to get something, no? If I do one sin, if I rob somebody, what am I to do? Somebody will put me in jail or something like that will happen. But as per karmic law, what is it? If I take one person's money in a money purse, I have to return it back. But I'm anyway not going to return it back. I'm a chore. (laughs) I'm a pickpocket. So I picked his purse. Now I'm taking it with me. It is called karma. Material worldly people will call it sin. It is called karma. It is not that you are not going to return it back. You have to return it back in some life of... The same purse will not be available. Don't worry. Maybe another purse will be available where you have to go and return it back to it. So that purse will be available. That money will be available. But who is guaranteeing that you are going to be a human being? You may be a Wookiee, you know, from one of those planets in Star Wars. (laughs) No, you don't know that also. Or maybe you'll have the pointy ears and you will be a Mr. Spock somebody. We don't know. But you got to return. Return. And that purse which you might have picked in some life, you will return. This is a part and parcel of karma. So karma, three three kinds of karma. Sanchit, accumulated. Second, prarada and third one is agami or kriyaman. Now this yogi, what is this yogi doing? Who is sinless? The word sinless means, one, because of his knowledge, he doesn't perform any karma. There is no agami or kriyaman which he performs, point number one. So the karma which he does is called nish-kam-karma. So this yogi does Nishkam karma. Karma which doesn't culminate into any karmic debt. Got it? Second one, Prarabdha. Prarabdha is the one money that he has come to spend in his lifetime. So this karma which has come to spend, any which way he has to spend, So the poor fellow, he may have to be living like a lame fellow till he is 80 years old. Doesn't matter. He may be carrying one stick like me. Okay. (laughs) Carrying. uh, Maybe he has got arthritis. Maybe he has got all the... He he may be a realized being. But still, he can have all these problems. You know, Shivaji Maharaj is a realized being. Samartha Ramdas says so. Now Samartha Ramdas was a yogi of the highest order. In his last days, he was in Shivtargal. Shivaji Maharaj would travel all the way to that place. But he couldn't walk because he had elephantitis. Now that is his prarabdha. Prarabdha says that elephantitis is there for him. So he has to go through it. Ramakrishna Paramahansa last four years of his life he was suffering very badly from that throat of his throat cancer. That is Prarabdha connected to the body not to him. Got it? Vivekananda had to die early in his life. Everybody has to go through their own Prarabdha. Prarabdha doesn't leave anybody by the way the karma is literally like you know that ghost on top on back. Hmm? Like Vikramaditya and Vetal. He's like a Vetal on top of your back over there, and he is anyway going to come with you. Till you are finally giving him the proper answers. That means all the karma gets nullified. Minus, 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 and you are not doing anything which is called kriyaman. Remember that. No kriyaman. So you are doing only Nishkam karma, you are just doing the karma. Finish. That means only repayments. That's it. What you are doing? Some karma is there. You are just repaying but you are not doing any additional. So what is it that you do? You just go and repay your prarabdha. Now the third one is called Sanchit. Accumulated karma. What do you do with that? I just now give you a very beautiful answer. Now, where is the question of accumulated when you are finished with everything? This lifetime where a person has become realized, realized, at that time there is no accumulated lying anywhere in any bank account. No Karma Bank Limited has got any Sanchit lying over there. And because there is no Sanchit over there, there is no question of any Future life. So now did you get the point? Sinless. Sinless doesn't mean sin like it is told in Christianity and all other religions. Sinless means no karma. Whose passions are subdued. We are passionate in this world for everything. Now if you have, now if you are having rasam rice, you know, just imagine you are having rasam rice. Now in that rasam rice, there is an extra dose of imli. You know, the first thing that you will say is, it is so khatta. Why? That is your passion. This tongue of yours is always interested in taste. Imagine your boss gives you a peace of mind today. You have a one on one with him, and in your annual review, now you know this half half yearly is gone. So, in the half yearly, he is now going to do a half yearly review. In the half yearly review, you know, you would like to garrote that fellow. You literally want to murder that guy because six months you have been at home. Okay? What work has anybody done? Nothing. We have just been on calls, 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 calls. Okay? And the, the boss is telling you, last six months your performance has been miserable. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You are also a miserable person. I mean, these are the thoughts which are coming in your mind. Okay? You are a miserable person. You are also sitting in your own bloody house. Your wife is pregnant. She is going to deliver a baby, and you are bothered about me. You have not done anything in six months. I can't even go to my bloody office over there. Okay. Yeah. And the problem is, you are telling me my performance. He is not saying that the company has no money. He doesn't want to say. No no manager will ever say company has no money. Okay. It's only when he has to tell you there are no increments. That time he will say, you know, this time, you know, we will look at it next time. Next time I will definitely give you 2 plus or something like that. Why? This time he is not going to tell you on your face. (laughs) Paisa nahi hai. Because as you know, the com- company is with his begging ball. It's going all over the town with the begging ball. You know, even soft bank has It has become a hard bank now. So where do you go for money? There is no way of knowing. So the boss is not going to tell you anything. But yet you want to murder that guy. This is called a passion. The passion is in every blessed thing. The, the passion is so much, it's exhausting by the way. Just now, you killed one mosquito. Okay. Just imagine, there is Ramana Maharishi sitting over there. <laughs> you know, in this cave. He, he is sitting in a Padmasana pose. Imagine. And he's, there is a small wound on his leg. Okay. And the small, small creatures are crawling over there. And he is in that meditative state of his, Ramana Maharaj. And that that small creature, no, who is eating his leg, (laughs) he falls down. So what does he do? He picks it up and puts it back again. (laughs) This is a state of passionlessness. Passionless is, nothing disturbs me. I am passion free. This is the funny part. person has to be passionless. And this is what he says. Whose passion is subdued he's not saying passion is murdered okay passion is subdued means what you have little passion understand one thing even a yogi will want to drink water and eat a little food okay so that passion is going to be there I met all those yogis in the Himalayas where they are they are worried you know they are bothered about dal rice more than or that suki roti. The same thing is served in most of these ashrams. Okay. If you go to all these places, they serve the same blessed thing. I was telling you last time, they gave a green apple. Okay. And I saw from far, I said, a green apple there. And I was wondering, you know, this green apple is 230 to 300 bucks a kilo. And how is the ashram willing to give 300 rupees ka apple per kilo? And then when I went near it, I saw, ye toh chota dikhta hai. Small fellow, okay, but it is green in color. Finally, I couldn't. <laughs> stay. I asked that fellow, apple kidar se laya?" Sir, apna Kashmir ka hi hai. 40 rupees kilo. Ah, 40 rupees kilo green apples are available in India. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was thinking 300 rupees kilo wala se I mean, this, this point was so funny. You can't pay 300 bucks a kilo. For one apple, so he is giving forty rupees a kilo apple, and he must have got it free. Somebody must have said, um, "Swamiji, these apples are in my garden. These apples are in my garden. I just want to give them to you." And he must have brought some two three, you know, bag sackful and given just like that. There are people who do that, you know. So <laughs> that apple was there naturally. The passion is there. 300 rupee apple, you know that 300 bucks apple, how did it come? That passion, little passion has to be there. Every yogi will have that little passion. Okay? Correct? Now, whenever these people last time when we went to the Triveni Sangam, I was refusing to put myself inside that water. I said, no way can you push me in that gagga. No Guruji, you put your leg in that. So I stood, I was sitting at the edge of the boat and I put my dip, my feet in it. I mean, that is how it is. You can't even dip your finger in that ganga. It is so dirty. I mean, they are trying to clean it every year. 40,000, 50,000 crores they spent cleaning it. But I don't understand. I think we must be dirtying it more than 100,000 crores. Isn't it? So much of kachar must be putting. So 40,000 crores is not even cleaning half of it. So point is that. So the passion has to be subdued. Subdue the passion. You can put your feet in it. Okay. One minute darshan okay. No problem. Even if you do it from one kilometre away. Go govinda go winda, You do that and you run away from there. Don't worry. Doesn't matter. Nowadays only 500 people are allowed inside. Okay. You should be just standing outside and waiting. Mera number You remember that? Mera number There used to be one program. number So like that. And who is identified with the Brahma? The identification with the Brahma means you have become dissolved. Brahma's identification means the highest knowledge of the Brahma has to be there. Where is it? For this yogi to be identified with the Brahma, nothing should disturb him. An absolute state of non-being. You are there and yet you are not there. Brahma, if you recollect, is there but cannot be experienced. It's not there also. Is it there? I don't know. Is it not there? I don't know, sir. Brahma, it is there. If you remove an object also, Brahma remains. So that state of being and non-being is the Brahmanyana that we need to have. So when you are in the state of Brahma, you are there as well as not there. So, you eat, you drink, but it doesn't make any sense to you at all. So this is what he says. An embodiment of truth, knowledge and bliss. I will read the verse and then we will end. For to the yogi whose mind is Perfectly serene, who is sinless, whose passion is subdued and who is identified with the Brahma, the embodiment of truth, knowledge and bliss, supreme happiness comes as a matter of course. It just happens. So we have come to the end of verse 27. Next Tuesday, we will do verse 28 onwards. So we have come to the end of today's satsang. Take care. Have a great day. I'll see you all.